opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer. We've enjoyed bringing this show since 2005. Your host is Mari Frank, a local attorney since 1985. She's a certified information privacy professional and the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, Protecting Yourself with a Personal Privacy Audit, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. Mari's testified many times on privacy issues in Congress and the California Legislature. She served as a privacy expert for numerous court cases nationwide and at a White House press conference featured on C-SPAN. You may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, The O'Reilly Factor, and many more shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit kuci.org slash privacypiracy. Mari, what's our show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about the upcoming IAPP, the International Association of Privacy Professionals Global Privacy Summit 2016. And for many years, we have been going and we've been doing shows there and we've been interviewing guests and people who are involved with IAPP because this is a growing profession that I think many of our students here on the campus would just love to hear about, too, because I think this is a profession that is growing by leaps and bounds, and it is really great for attorneys, non-attorneys, business people, IT people, security people, and just it's just amazing. But we are so thrilled to have with us Rita Himes, who is the research director at the International Association of Privacy Professionals, Excuse me, she's an attorney and an academic with many years of experience in the fields of privacy, information security, intellectual property law, and she's also been a professor. In her role at IAPP, Rita helps to promote the privacy profession through empirical and qualitative research on privacy functions, both globally and Um, in the academic area. And she helps to develop what's happening in the next generation of privacy and security professionals. Prior to joining the IAPP, Rita was a law professor and academic dean at the University of Maine School of Law, where she directed the Center for Law and Innovation, and she developed the nation's first privacy pathways program and one of the first intellectual property clinics she still coordinates and teaches in the information privacy summer institute at maine law and she's practiced a ter- uh, privacy and intellectual property with firms in seattle seattle boulder and portland maine and we are just so thrilled to have her with us and you can learn more about her and iapp at the iapp website which is 
iapp.org. And Rita, so welcome. We're thrilled to have you on. Thank you. It's great to be with you. And so I know you are kind of new to IAPP, but definitely not new to privacy. But I thought today we would talk a little bit about what you've been learning about the IAPP. Well, it's a great place to work, I can tell you that. Um, I've known Trevor Hughes, who's the CEO and president of the IAPP for a number of years. He's an alum of the University of Maine Law School, so we met uh, when I was working there. And um, with Trevor, uh, we built the first Privacy Pathways program, as you explained, helping law students find career paths into privacy professions. Um, so I've been working with Trevor in some capacities for years now, but I haven't had until now the opportunity to work for him. So now that I'm at the IEPP, I get to do all the things I love. I do some research. I help law students find jobs still. Um, but I also get to work with the great staff here, uh, which is a, really a treat. And I get to go to all the IEPP conferences, which I think is something uh, you wanted to ask us about today. Yes, I do. But before I ask you about that, since you are talking about helping to get law students jobs in the field and and others who are not lawyers, Um, you know, we have a wonderful law skill here at the University of California, Irvine. It's, It's rather new, but it's really up there with top professors and it's really just doing a great job. So tell us a little bit about, because you've been in academia, uh, what kind of advice do you have if our students who are listening in and they want to become a privacy professional or even those who are business people driving by? What, what do you have to say about that? <clears throat> First thing I have to say is that this is absolutely, as you suggested, not limited to lawyer uh, lawyers or law students in fact, uh, the membership of the IEPP, which is pushing upwards of 25,000 uh, people, is only 40% lawyers. So the privacy professional privacy profession is uh, full of folks who are not attorneys, but who obviously need to work with legal issues and compliance issues every day. Um, in fact, uh, lawyers and others who work in privacy work very closely with other departments. They work with HR, they work with InfoSec, they work with IT, they work with procurement, uh, they of course work with the C-suite, with management. There's a lot of education and communication that folks who are privacy professionals need to do on a daily basis, and that's why the profession is inherently multidisciplinary and involves a wide variety of skill sets. For students who are thinking about privacy as a, as a professional pathway, I strongly recommend uh, if their law school doesn't or their business school doesn't offer a course in privacy, that they at least try to get to one of the events that the IEPP offers um, we also have networking sessions in almost every major city um, called Knowledge Nets, and those are absolutely for sure open to students who want to drop in and meet some people who are privacy pros in their backyard. If you don't know when the next one is held or who to contact, they can just send us an email and we'll make an introduction. Um, our membership team here at the IABP is working really closely with students to give them a very low-rate student membership, one-year membership at the IABP, and also help them connect with privacy pros uh, in their area. So we not only encourage them to take classes sort of the traditional route, but we really want to help people meet other privacy pros if they're serious about entering the profession. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about what's coming up, this wonderful Global Privacy Summit that I've been going to for probably, I don't know, 10 years. And uh, I love it. It's great. And I remember when I first went, I think there were maybe... 50 people there <laughs> it was wow. and now you go there we've had to move from different hotels from a smaller hotel to now this big hotel in uh, you know the the um, the big marriott in dc so it's it's really grown from the years that i've gone so let's talk about what's happening at this summit I love that you mentioned that because all you know this, when you're a professional and you go to conferences like this, especially one that you've uh, attended for so many years, it's like it's your event. You know, you own it. It belongs to you, and in, actually, in many ways, it does belong to you. The IAPP exists to serve mem- its members, people who you know who participate in the IAPP, and so I think the goal of the summit, of course, is to serve its membership with great content that helps you do your jobs better and as well introduce you to other people who can help you do your job better. As lawyers, we face an international, a global um, legal environment. Um, Most companies end up having data that might come from or involve someone who doesn't live in the United States, and therefore they have to be compliant with international data transfer regulations. So one of the things that's coming up, it's a modern issue and the Global Privacy Summit works to try to address it, is you need to know attorneys who aren't U.S. attorneys that can help you or your clients comply with the local laws um, that, you know, to which you're a subject if you collect data. So there's a lot of networking that goes on at the IEPP Global Summit, a lot of intentional opportunities for people to meet each other. But there's also, of course, great speakers and um, on big, interesting subjects that apply to everybody and then breakouts that are tuned into what people might be particularly interested in, whether it's health, privacy, or financial services, or um, issues that are unique to one particular segment of the economy. Right, yeah, they have communi- uh, like consumer communications, education, all these things. And I'm kind of excited because I'm, I'm presenting about, you know, the hidden threat of visual hacking. So that's, that's going to be a fun one. But I know we have some great speakers. Can you tell us about some of the major uh, keynote speakers? I'm excited to hear from Alec Ross. So I'm just going to tell you what sort of my picks are. And, of course, folks can go to the website and pick out their own rather than read you the agenda. I thought I'd just take be selfish and tell you what I'm excited about. But I'm excited about Alec Ross, who's uh, written a book called The Industries of the Future, and will be talking about what's happening with technological innovation, what the impact of technology is and will be on society. These are issues that are always interesting, whether they're at TED or Pop Tech or some other major tech conference, and I'm sure that he'll bring that same sort of uh, perspective and flavor, and, and the summit has a lot of that energy um, at its keynote breakout, so that also adds sort of production value to these kind of talks that I always find super interesting and fun. And on a more pragmatic level, I guess, um, Brad Smith, who's the president and chief legal officer of Microsoft, going to be talking about whatever he wants to say. It certainly is a great time for someone with a major U.S. tech company to be on the stage talking about privacy and data protection. 
not only because of what's going on in the U.S. with Apple v. FBI, which I don't suppose you'll feel free to talk about, but who knows, but also because, right, because um, of just the more mundane but important to lawyers issues of what's happening with the European data protection regulation and, and all of the activity in global privacy law. So I'm really looking forward to hearing from Brad Smith. Um, typical of not only the IAPP, but the summit in particular, there's going to be, you know, these great visual, artistic um, representations of how people with a creative bent perceive privacy and privacy issues. Um, one of the keynoters, the headliners, is Georgia Lupi, who um, will sort of illustrate how she uses data to, to um, tell, you know, stories or make information more interesting to people. And then there's an artist-in-residence, Natalie Maybach, I may have her name wrong, Meebach. Um, she's a data artist, and she's going to be exploring surveillance issues through her art. So these are the sorts of gems that make the summit different from like any other conference you get to go to as a lawyer. Um, and they really provide color and make you think about what you do every day in a new way. Yeah, no, it's great. And and also Deidre Mulligan, who is um, a friend of mine, she's an associate professor at Berkeley right here in our state. And she has this book, Privacy on the Ground. So she's going to talk about that. And uh, it's going to be interesting. And she's a great speaker herself. So yeah, and then you've got all these breakout sessions. I mean, it is it is so much fun. You know, sometimes I have trouble getting to the sessions because I run into people that I want to talk to. <laughs> and then I, you know, end up doing that. And then they, they have lunch there and all sorts of interesting things going on where you get to meet people. And the exhibit hall is amazing because in the exhibit hall, you get to meet like all the people with this new technology on how to protect privacy and all these new things. And then, of course, I, I bring my little bag and bring all this stuff home my husband wants to kill me because I, I bring out the little baggy stuff of all these new things that they give you as little gifts when you when you go around the exhibit hall so yeah so that's April and that's it starts with intensive workshops like April 4th right Right, so you can arrive earlier than uh, the, the event is sort of the classic portion of the event is the fourth and the fifth. But if um, if you want to arrive earlier, uh, April third and April fourth, sorry, April fifth and sixth is the main conference. Right. The third and fourth are some workshops and training. It's a chance for folks who um, want to do some training and meet their own internal training obligations, or maybe they want to sit for one of the IAPP certification exams. They can um, either take the training for the certification exam or just sit for the exam in those days. So, yeah, we try to make um, the summit a place where people are going to be there anyway. They might want to get some work done and, and get their credentials in order. Um, so that's what that's all about. And then I, uh, they're after this year's summit, on this, the final day, the, the, actually the Thursday, which is post-conference, there will be a special and unique um, privacy law bar section meeting, the very first meeting of the privacy bar section that has just been created for attorneys who might be interested in joining that section. So Can I just also mention, sure. while we're raving about who's going to be speaking, um, yeah. we do have uh, a couple influential government folks that I just want to call out um, because I think these sec sessions are kinds of things that are, are hard to find anywhere else. Um, there will be a discussion on some of the issues that are obviously very hot in the news right now, namely national security and privacy. 
uh, Q&A with Congressman John Ratcliffe on the cybersecurity legislative agenda. Um, some of these conference sessions are put together well before <laughs> the latest news, but with privacy, I tell you, the latest news is always um, relevant to the summit. I mean, it just seems like there's this prediction of what will happen, and then it comes true just in time for the summit, and everything's teed up to be um, on point and highly relevant. Of course, the Federal Trade Commission has long been a major enforcement body in privacy, so the chairwoman, Edith Ramirez, will be available also and speaking on what the FTC will be thinking about for enforcement priorities in 2016. So um, not only private sector folks like yourself who will be talking about, as you said, workplace privacy and thinking about uh, insider threats, how you can make sure that someone who works for you isn't undermining you. we have a number of attorneys, and uh, and whether they're chief privacy officers or private sector lawyers who will be speaking on these unique topics, but having the government uh, personnel there as well provides yet another layer of context, and is super interesting. Yeah, um, and, and Peter you know, Swire yeah. is going to be speaking, and he used to be the privacy czar for, for Clinton in, uh, right. administration, so he's a great guy, and he was a professor as well. He's really fascinating to listen to. I notice he's, he's on the docket as well. So yeah, I mean, just great stuff that I think is going to be fun. And like I said, we're going to go around and interview all these people who are in the exhibit hall to find out about all these new products and what what kinds of problems that these products solve. Because boy, sure we we sure need them. So let's 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 just talk about um, how really does the summit fit into. The, the whole organization, you know, how does that all work? Well, one of the things that a membership, a professional membership association tries to do every day, every day we come to work, why are we here, what's our mission? Well, our mission, our number one mission, of course, is to promote um, the profession, the privacy profession, and that usually means helping our members do their jobs better. <laughs> and one of the things you need usually in this ever-changing um, profession is just information. You need content. You need to be kept up to speed. You need to know who to call and ask a question. Um, you need to be able to read sort of deeper dive research papers or maybe just a thumbnail of something that you can use as a talking point. We try to cover all those bases, which is really hard to do, but you know we do our best as an organization, and one way we can do it all at once which is provide the content but also give people a chance to meet each other is to hold an event, right, have a big conference. In fact, the IPP was started as a conference idea when it was initially founded because there was a need um, for people who were beginning to pay attention to just this unique area of law, this area of privacy law, uh, who wanted to get together and meet each other. And, and then, of course, as you said, it just exploded, right, from yeah. 50 people to like 10 times as that, or I should say, uh, is, is really quite rapid growth. So the summit is still the, the original and the major event that the IPP puts on here in the United States, in Washington, D.C., where policy is made. But, of course, with everything, uh, privacy is certainly not unique to the um, to the nation's capital. In fact, it's an issue that's um, relevant all over the world. Yes. Um, within the U.S., there's uh, a conference that the IEPP now hosts in concert with the uh, Computer Security Alliance called Privacy Security Risk. And it's 
doing um, what, you know, is sort of the world of cybersecurity would expect, and that is marrying InfoSec with privacy in the same conference. So that allows the IT people who would normally uh, be worried about InfoSec from their own perspective and the privacy people who maybe get all they need out of Summit to get together and talk about how these two disciplines are now very integrated and have to work with each other very closely for an overall holistic, successful data sort of management system. So PSR is held this year in San Jose, so kind of in your backyard. Um, that will be in uh, September. Um, so those are the big two U.S. conferences. And then, of course, the IAPP heads over to Europe and has a data protection intensive in London. And also um, our big European conference is held in Brussels in November. Um, so it's not just the U.S. There's also a, a conference in North America. There's one in Canada coming up in late May or in mid-May. So um, it's the summit, though, is still the crown jewel, I guess. It's still the one that draws the most people from the most parts of the world in one place. But uh, as our membership grows uh, globally, uh, the IPP finds itself meeting a lot of needs all over the world. Yeah, you know, Rita, I've met people from all over the world at the IAPP, and I've ended up interviewing them on Skype on this show because yeah. I've made friends with them, like at the Privacy right. Bash the first night. They have the Privacy Bash. We're having that again, right? Where oh, you, yeah. Yeah, so you get to, you know, it's a cocktail hour, and, and they have yummy food, and you get to meet people from all over, and you wear your little name tag. And so I have <laughs> met such wonderful people from all over that. I've I've enjoyed having them on the show because it's just so incredible. But I want to get back to what you were talking about, the marriage of IT and privacy, because now I've noticed in past years we've had more and more IT people and we have a certification now for IT. So if you're in IT and you're in, you know, you're going to have to know about privacy and privacy needs to know about IT, you know, security and privacy really must be go together, because you surely can't have any privacy without security. And if you have security and you don't have privacy, you have a big hole there, too. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, that's, that's really a, a biggie. So this is really a big time for privacy professionals and IT professionals. So uh, why do you think that that is? Well, I can think of a number of reasons, but let me just highlight maybe three of them. And one of them I just thought of because you just mentioned it. Um, we just did a study uh, that's going to be published um, this week, actually, so I can't quite spill the beans yet, but keep your eyes open. It should be out uh, tomorrow or Wednesday. And that is we, we asked a number of, uh, of respondents who are privacy professionals and as well as InfoSec folks to talk about um, how privacy helps with data security. Mm. So after all these years of breaches and InfoSec sort of being its own thing, there's a clear indication now that privacy is a real component of information security as well as InfoSec being a component of privacy. They absolutely link to each other. They are separate disciplines. They require different skill sets and different training, and no one's pretending they're the same, but they absolutely overlap in really crucial ways, and working together 
is becoming super important, and people are really starting to recognize it. Enterprises are really recognizing the ways in which InfoSec and privacy teams need to collaborate. So that's a big sort of discovery and an acknowledgement, and I think it's pushing the privacy profession to catch up a little bit with where InfoSec has been all these years. And, you know, I I was just going to say, I think people really need to understand at a practical level what that means. So, for example, you might have a security person who makes sure that nothing, you know, comes in and, and, you know, malware or whatever it is, and they're really good about that. But they have no idea. They are collecting more than they need. Okay, and they're and they're putting everything on the system that may be encrypted, but they don't even need to have it on there. And that's the kind of like the crossroads, like, why are you collecting this? Why do you need it? And how do you get rid of it? That's more of like a privacy issue versus how do you protect it? So I think people who are listening, whether you're a business owner or whatever, you might say, well, what, is, what does that all mean? It means that some people, some of the security people are focusing on security and they don't think about the implications of how much you're collecting and why you need it, why you don't need it. And if it is acquired, um, wow, you know, we didn't even need to have it there. So that was like one example. I guess you could give another one. No, you're exactly, you hit it exactly right. I mean, there are a number of implications um, for, say, bring your own device, for example, and security may be one issue, but privacy is another. I think we had one CPO who used to be a CISO, a Chief Information Security Officer, tell us, you know, gee, I thought I could be both, but in fact, you really can't. They involve very different sort of uh, ways of thinking and even and even what your job functions are on a daily basis. So security, as you just mentioned, um, thinks about data in its, as, as a piece of data, whether you need it or don't need it, whereas privacy will look beyond the data point and think about the person that's attached to that data and, and what the implications might be for that person's life if the information is handled in one way or another. Um, so there's a, there's, each side has their own role. They're very important, but they, they do need to work together. And when you were talking before, Rita, about how so many points in a corporation or in a business really are affected by privacy, whether it's HR, where you're collecting social security numbers and health information and and birth dates and all those, you know, personal information versus marketing when somebody wants to market to everybody and you don't want to be marketed to. So, you know, the, the privacy professional really does have to be the mediator between all of these different systems, whereas security just has to protect the information. So it is, they have to work together, they have to understand each other, and they have to cross-educate each other. That's what I think is what's so great about IAPP, because it does cross-educate where people are so myopic in their vision that they don't get it until they go, wow, I didn't think about that, right? Right, absolutely, yep. That's right. So, um, I just, we only have a couple more minutes, but um, what do you think will be, for example, on the agenda 10 years from now in 2026? What do you, where do you think we're going to be? Are we going to all be robots or, or what? Gosh, I don't think we'll be robots, but um, the, you know, you hit it on the head to some extent, whether you meant to, the, uh, the idea that there will be more technology, not just on our bodies, but 
in our bodies, right. I think is a huge future um, breakthrough that's already happening. You think about the ways in which pacemakers talk to the cloud and, and, right. and to remote doctors, and it's a huge medical breakthrough, all good stuff. But, of course, it exposes us to risk that we certainly don't face, and we don't have these devices in our bodies. And since we are incapable of resisting new technology, especially when it eases our pain or enhances our life in some ways, I think this is just the tip of the iceberg and that connected devices and wearables and all sorts of data that talks, you know, devices that talk to each other and feed back information to their manufacturer or caregivers or whomever may care about that. That is all coming, and we'll still be talking about it <laughs> 10 years from now and the implications of it. So um, there's no question that the balance of personal privacy, whatever that means to each person, whatever that means to each society, is always going to be something that we have to pay attention to as lawyers and as lawmakers and as policy folks. Um, and it's only going to become more pronounced. And I think the other issue is, the, you know, the struggle between national security concerns and uh, privacy issues and the role of the private sector technology companies versus the government. I mean, it sounds like a 2016 issue. Maybe we'll have it all figured out. But i, I got to imagine that there will continue to be some struggles on this Given how polarized um, the country is on these issues, I think we'll continue as a country, as a U.S., as a democracy, to struggle with that into the future. Perfect. Well, that's perfect ending because we will have a chance to really even talk about these issues in April at the IAPP Summit. Thank you so much, Rita Himes. Welcome to IAPP. You're wonderful. I can't wait to meet you in person, and we will have you back again. So thank you for joining us. And thank you. My pleasure. Okay. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. and visit our website at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. Thanks. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. 